Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Music. We cover it all on the Beat Pod Show with me, Brad Dalius, each and every week here on CNBC, KCAA, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. The Osgood File, sponsored in part by Premier Express from Mercedes-Benz. Service in about an hour or less with no appointment necessary. Visit a participating dealer. This is Charles Osgood. To most people in this country, the idea of eating insects is not very appealing. Seems like something you might do on a dare or after losing a bet. But people in most of the world do eat insects. They do it every day, and for good reason. Insects are nutritious, high in protein, and more efficient to raise, with less damage to the environment than any kind of meat. A blogger in Los Angeles wants to change attitudes here about eating bugs. You'll meet him after this. Our CBS News colleague, Danielle Nottingham, met Scott Trimble, who blogs about crickets and worms. Trimble doesn't just blog about crickets and worms, he also eats them. And I think it's something that's fun. Uh, they taste really good. Two billion people around the world eat bugs regularly, and Americans are starting to warm up to the idea. Insects are rich in protein, minerals, and vitamins, just like meat. I think a lot of people don't realize that insects are very closely related to crustaceans. A lot of insects taste like shrimp. A lot of other insects taste like lobster or crab. Trimble says once upon a time the idea of eating raw fish seemed strange to many Americans. Now, spicy tuna rolls are very much in the mainstream. Why not bugs? Danielle asked him. Is this about getting over what it looks like? Exactly. There's, you know, we've got these cultural inhibitions that we're raised with, that bugs are, quote, dirty and gross, but they're not. And the benefits of using insects as food just might be too abundant to ignore. Insects require less land, food, and water than livestock, giving bugs a real shot at becoming an American staple. As American as apple pie? Could be. We shall see. The Osgood File. This is Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. Like to spend a few days in another world? Then write this down. Golden Bear Cottages, Big Bear Lake. Now, listen, this is not some corporate-owned operation. It's family-owned and operated by some real nice people. Unique? Oh, you bet. Golden Bear Cottages features 28 one-of-a-kind cabins on a five-acre historic site. Great for families, couples, and groups. And cabins are available with one to seven bedrooms. Golden Bear Cottages is just a stone throw from Big Bear Lake and super close to three great ski areas. Now, I could go on all day about Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear, but to see everything, just go to goldenbear.net. Again, goldenbear.net. Golden Bear Cottages in Big Bear. Clean, comfortable, and affordable. Check them out. Goldenbear.net. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, 
I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-643-9406. That's 1-800-643-9406. Again, 1-800-643-9406. Call now. Attention, teachers, nurses, social workers, government employees, police officers, and firefighters. If you are still paying on student loans, then get ready for a special announcement. Your entire student loan can be forgiven. You heard correctly. Broadsword Student Advantage has free information on how you can potentially have the remaining balance of your student loan debt completely forgiven. We can help anyone with student loans potentially cut their payments in half, reduce their interest rate, or consolidate their outstanding loan. But if you are a teacher, nurse, social worker, government employee, police officer, or firefighter, you have the added benefit of potentially having your student loan completely forgiven. Call now for free information to find out how. Call 800-481-2993. That's 800-481-2993. Don't waste another payment on your old student loans. Call for your free information now. 800-481-2993. That's 800-481-2993. Jump off that exhausting hamster wheel and into balanced living with Dr. Marissa. Her mission, to be a beneficial presence on the planet. Her purpose, to be your personal advocate to live, love, laugh, learn. Her life motto, don't die wondering. Take back your life with Dr. Marissa Fett. Every Thursday night at 7 on KCAA. NBC News Radio, AM 1050. Part party, part therapy, all good. That's Langdon Nation After Dark, your new home for great talk and big laughs every Friday at midnight. Launch yourself into the weekend with comic and psychiatric professional Langdon Bassage and some of the best comics around. Fridays at midnight, Langdon Nation After Dark. Seriously funny. The other station claims to be local. Since when is Glendale local? KCAA News Talk 1050, your true local station. Hey! What the? Honey! The water just stopped in here. They turned it off because you're wasting water! What? What are you talking about? You know! Because you know it's all about that drop, about that drop. No water, it's all about that drought, about that drought, no water, it's all about that drought, about that drought, no water, it's all about that drought, about that drought, 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 drought. Yeah, it's pretty clear, we're really short on blue. It's time to save it, save it, like we're supposed to do. Some say it's doom, gloom, and all our grass must go. But together we can make it and enjoy our golden state. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, 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 drought. Well, hello, Southern Californians, and welcome back to the Water Zone on KCAA 1050 AM. Uh, this is Rob Starr along with, well, all I can say is I have one of the smartest guys in irrigation next to me. He's so smart, we even named a, a website after him called Mikeypedia. Hey, 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 now, don't go be, don't be uh, searching uh, Google for that because who knows? We haven't got our uh, reservation in for that URL yet. So but. Anyway, this is Mike Barron, one of the co-hosts of the show with me, and uh, welcome back. And uh, we have a great show today. We have some great guests. Uh, we we have, do. We do, absolutely. We have Felicia Marcus, who's the chairwoman of the State Water Resources Control Board of California. We have Brent Meekham, who's the industry development director for the Irrigation Association. And we have Stephanie Tanner, who's the lead engineer for the EPA WaterSense Project. So uh, we're very excited to have everybody on, and I uh, hope you had a good week. Mike, what have you done to save water this week? Well, you know, let's see. Uh, I have maintained a two-day-a-week watering schedule. Uh, with my sprinklers, and you know, I'm kind of proud that 
although <clears throat> I'm not as brown as my neighbors, I am more brown than I've ever been before. And uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, I think I've got a system that's a little more efficient than my neighbors. So all of a sudden they're coming over and asking me, hey, how are you doing this? Are you sure you're uh, meeting the new regulations? Which, by the way, I think every listener and every Californian that's done something that they've never done before to save water should give themselves a pat on the back. You know why I'm saying that, Rob? No. 28.9% reduction in the RGPCD number for the state of California. Now, you know what the RGPCD stands for? Well, that's the residential gallons per capita per day. That's how many gallons on average Californian uses. And the new record holder, from what I can tell, is the uh, city of Santa Cruz. They're down at 40 gallons per, per, per capita per day. That's, that's pretty amazing. I've not, not ever seen a number that low. But uh, where we work in Riverside, and thanks to the sponsor, the Toro Company, uh, Riverside, the city of Riverside, reduced their water consumption by 30%. So, you know, there's been some very good work done in the month of May. And these numbers just came out, I think, yesterday. Yeah, my city was at 25% where I live, and yours is? Uh, city of Glendora, down 48%. Now they know where you live. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, we're proud. We're saving a lot of water. And, you know, I think it's clear that more people are understanding the severity of this drought, and they're taking it to heart. And as we mentioned last week, over 2,000 households are without running water in their homes. And that's, you know, that's just, to me, that tells me this thing is still very severe. And, yes, we can say, great, we, we hit a new record in terms of reducing water consumption in the state of California. But we still have a lot more to do, and the heat of the summer is still coming. And so that's why I'm excited to have uh, the chair of the State Water Resources Control Board, Felicia Marcus on the line to uh, share with us what is happening out there with the state regulations. Well, just so people know if they can call in, we'd like to hear from you. We'll put you on the air uh, despite our better judgment. But the call-in numbers, if you're local to uh, the KCAA area, it's 909-888-5222. If you're calling outside that area, it's 888-909-1050 AM. And their website is kcaaradio.com if you want to see the Ustream and see what kind we look like. We've been told we got faces for radio, so we're excited about that. <laughs> At least hey, we did something. Speaking of faces for radio, that reminds me. I want to let everybody know again about our contest. Um, you know, if you have a sprinkler system, question to ask yourself, is it as efficient as it might be? Is it up to speed with respect to fixing any broken lines, any bad heads? And because um, that's where we see a lot of water being wasted. We're switching out some microphones. If you hear some noise, just so you know what that is. It's a great effect on microphones. From one mic to another, I guess. uh, It must must be you. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you haven't had one single problem, Rob. Well, I haven't cut down on my shower, so maybe that's the issue. Oh, there you go, there you go. (laughs) There you go, it's working working well. But, uh, But back to the contest, here's the deal. You, as a listener in the KCAA 1050 AM radio, listening audience, you can enter a contest that Toro has sponsored for a chance to win a complete irrigation system upgrade. You just need to let us know in 300 words or less why you'd like to keep your lawn, and you can go to Rob? www.toro.com slash waterzone. And just send a photo of your front or backyard. <clears throat> Tell us why you'd like to save your lawn for a chance to win a complete irrigation operation system. And uh, we'll give you the, the latest in a Toro water-saving irrigation product. And it's I can tell you it's incredible. I have one. It works. Uh, I've saved probably about 30% of my water. And so I'm excited about that. And, and it's going to be professionally installed, correct? Yes. All right. So, hey, 
That's a good deal. You can't beat on that. Anyway, we want to talk a little about a few minutes before we put uh, Felicia to join us uh, and talk about some of the uh, water uh, news of the week. Today in the news, Mike, take it away. Well, that RGPCD, I think, is important for you to know that you can go to the California Drink Portal online and find out exactly what your water agency is doing in terms of reducing their total water consumption. And people are watering outdoors less because, let's face it, in the summer, 50 to 70% of the water that is used in the urban communities is used outdoors to irrigate landscapes. So if we're really going to continue this success of reducing water consumption in the state of California during this severe drought by 28.9% or more, then what we have to do is get very smart about how we're using our water. Well, and you know, water water is so important, aside from just the state. I mean, it's, it's even getting more noticeable versus oil and anything else. For example, here's a newsflash that came in this week from the National Association of Home Builders. They brought suit against the Environmental Protection Agency and the Army Corps of Engineers in the U.S. District Court, Southern District of Texas. And the lawsuit charges that two agencies are set and determined to exert jurisdiction over virtually every water feature imaginable. And the NHAB has been involved in trying to shape this rule since it was first proposed back in April 2014. And despite some of the minor improvements, the final rule is so extreme that the federal government will actually regulate certain roadside ditches, isolated ponds, and channels that may flow only after heavy rainfall. So it's really getting to be water is, is the most important thing in the country. Of course, we really don't have to worry about that in the summer here in California, do we? Yeah, we have a, we have a caller uh, on line one. Okay, and hang on a second. It's, it's Larry from Sacramento. Oh, he's good. Hello, Larry? Larry? Oh, I could barely hear you. Are you there? Oh, we're here. How are you doing up in oh, Sacramento? Right. Oh, it's uh, warm and overcast. Ah, so. are, you, are you calling from Cuban. the governor's office? Yeah, yeah, right down the street. Okay, good. Hey, I live in actually live in Orange County, and uh, I have uh, lawn in the front and uh, tomatoes growing in the back that I like to uh, get converted over to California friendly, and uh, and get a whole new sprinkler system in the back. Are the rebates still available for that? for that type of program? Absolutely. You know, the easiest thing for you to do is um, Google SoCal Water Smart, and you'll be taken to a website that is um, managed by or managed for Metropolitan Water District, and you'll be able to okay. find all sorts of uh, rebate information. There. Not only just irrigation, but also from, uh, with respect to toilets, with respect to sure. uh, different pieces of equipment, so it's very comprehensive. Um, the other thing you might try, and even though you're in Orange County, so this wouldn't apply to you, but others here in the Inland Empire... You can enter the contest and maybe win a oh, retrofit upgrade. That's true, that's true, but others in the Inland Empire can go to freesprinklernozzles.com and learn about how to get up to 25 high-efficiency nozzles for use oh. in their own system, so that's also a really good program. That, and that, is, that is not available for Orange County, though. No, not at this point in time. Okay. But okay. Uh, but you still can get a $4 per nozzle rebate in Orange County when you update your existing spray heads to these high-efficiency nozzles. Yeah, the, sure. The deal, yeah. is, the deal is you buy and, uh, you, you go online, you get a reservation uh, from SoCalWaterSmart.com. Uh, once they give you the reservation number, you go purchase what you're going to purchase. Then you send them the invoice, and a couple of weeks later, you get a check back once they validate that. So, Oh, wow. Well, that's fantastic. So, that's, so I can go to, uh, like, Ewing or places like that to get the high-efficiency water absolutely. Uh, nozzles. And, yes. And go to Toro.com slash water zone and enter into that contest. Okay. All right? Hey, the other yeah, thing, are you, are and you right using, now I'm, I'm using a vintage uh, 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 competition a timer that really doesn't have a lot of smarts to it. Well, and uh, that also look, is on the rebate list, a, a smart timer. Of course, you know, Rob and I are going to be partial uh, to the Toro sure. and Irritrol versions, but 
let me just say, make sure you get a smart controller that you can set up to keep the water off for 48 hours after a rain event because that's a state regulation now that we ah, should that's, not that's water. That's me manually doing that nowadays. Right. So, you know, if you go on vacation <laughs> or something, if, it's been a little weird because we're getting some uh, thunderstorms here in the summer. So Absolutely. having that capability will avoid you getting a potential fine from your water agency. Okay. Well, so. I certainly don't want that. And uh, the um, – the Toro systems. Are you uh, are you doing a raffle? Is that what I understood? It's a contest. If you send a photo into your front and backyard and tell us why you'd like to save your lawn, uh, and and uh, it's three hundred words or less. If you go to that website, toro.com uh, slash. Oh, fantastic! Just go to that and enter in, and uh, hopefully you might win that, and that'll be great. Well, we'll certainly do that. Love your show. All right, thanks, thanks so much. Okay, we Thank have one more call to take before we get to Miss Marcus uh, Dominique from Long Beach. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. You saving water? Um, yes. We're, Good well, answer. My husband is in charge of watering our lawn, but with the restrictions, literally my lawn is the only one in the entire neighborhood that's dying. Oh. So I don't know how to get it green, and I don't know what it is that we're doing and why it's so brown. Well, I'll tell you what. If you go to, well, let me ask you this. Do you have a sprinkler system? Yes. Okay, great. So it's probably a programming issue where are your restrictions like once uh, or twice a week or three times a week? Is that the restriction? I think it's twice a week for a max of 10 minutes, if okay. I remember correctly. I'm not sure. Okay. So uh, when they limit that watering time to 10 minutes, sometimes um, depending on what kind of sprinklers you have, you have to request a an exemption because you have some of the higher efficiency sprinklers actually put down water more slowly so that you don't have the runoff. And when they put those limits on, when the water agency puts that 10-minute limit on and they don't care or they don't take into consideration what kind of sprinklers you have, that can cause a problem. But I tell you what, if you will go online to uh, toro.com slash water zone, there will be a place for you to send an email in, and if you give us your email address, we'll be happy to uh, provide some additional information for you. Great. Okay. Thank you for that information. I will definitely do that. Great. Okay. You have a great day. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. Okay. Now we'd like to bring in Felicia Marcus. Uh, Ms. Marcus, are you there? Hi, yes. Hi, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Rob, and Mike's over here. You can't see him unless you're on the Ustream and you can see us here. And uh, Mike, why don't you uh, Yeah, start well, first, off? just thank you again for your patience, and we're just really feel privileged to get a chance to speak with you and, and uh, learn more about the State Water Resources Control Board and the tough challenges that it faces in addressing all of the competing interests that I'm sure are making their points and positions known to you. Um, oh, yeah. I'll get a degree in social work when it's all over. <laughs> well, we're blessed that we have the czar of California for the water. That's what the governor called you, so we're very excited about that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've heard it said that, that – well, let me start with this. You know, I would think that probably many Californians like myself, prior to this third and fourth year of the drought, we probably didn't even – no, there was a State Water Resources Control Board. So could you share with us a little bit about, um, you know, how many people are on the board and what the, um, I guess, uh, what's it all about? What's the charter? Yeah. What, what would you like to tell folks about? Oh, thanks. No, I'm happy to. It's, uh, it's not surprising because we wouldn't enter people's uh, daily lives under ordinary circumstances. I mean, the Board of Public Works is five uh, full-time appointees from different walks of life. We actually have uh, designated slots for two different kinds of engineers, an attorney, a public member, and water quality expert. Um, and, uh, and what we do is interesting. It's a, a combination of uh, different, what were once different agencies. Uh, originally, we were the Water Rights Board, and we implement the water rights system for the state of California. And unless you're a water rights holder, you probably wouldn't think of that very legal um, uh, process and something where we actually sit as the equivalent of water rights judges in other states. Um, we manage the water quality system that's probably closest to most people where we set policies and hear appeals from the local regional water quality control boards on everything from uh, desal facility siting. We just recently did some on that to just basic uh, how much uh, schmutz can be in a permit for a 
wastewater treatment plant or an industrial facility, uh, stormwater rules, uh, and the like, just basic water quality rules for water bodies around the state. Uh, we got the drinking water program moved over just almost exactly a year ago by the legislature from the Department of Public Health, um, which is a great program, so that we would uh, be able to find synergies between our water quality side, uh, the environmental water quality, and drinking water, so you'd have one agency responsible from source to tap and one-stop shopping for all communities, but particularly small, disadvantaged communities on the wastewater and the drinking water side. And we have a whole division of financial assistance, which uh, loans out uh, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars for low-cost loans for drinking water and wastewater system upgrades, uh, as well as a variety of other grant programs, including the, the billions that have come out of the uh, state water bond. And then on top of that, this year, uh, the governor, or last year, but then the governor gave us further direction this year, gave us the emergency authority to do the mandatory conservation regulations uh, for urban communities that you were talking about earlier in the show mm -hmm. where uh, Californians have really stepped up in the last month and we hope they'll keep it up the next few. So uh, we've been hitting the drought on all cylinders as you can imagine with that because there's nothing water quality, water rights, drinking water, water funding, and now the conservation regulations. We meet publicly uh, every other week for one or two days. Sometimes we meet for weeks on end if we're doing evidentiary uh, hearings and we've become um, a single uh, a singular public forum on the drought where we have the other agencies come in and give drought updates and the like so we've become a useful forum uh, around the state drought which is why uh, I, we have become so much more visible than in past times. It's uh, When I think of kind of the major sectors within California that use water, obviously power production. Mm -hmm. um, you've got the agricultural uh, interests, obviously the urban communities, and then, of course, uh, requir environmental requirements as stated by mm -hmm. law. Um, can you share with us a little bit? It, it just seems uh, like a very dynamic process by which these interests and needs are compared and then traded off. Um, that's got to be a big challenge for you and your board. Well, yeah, it's, it's been really a challenge. I mean, normally uh, we work very hard. We have lots of hearings. We're setting rules for all of these uh, things, and we implement the water rights system, which is normally, I won't say it's sleepy, but it's uh, uh, a somewhat ministerial system where we're probably uh, we're less trued up and adjudicated and all of that than the other Western states, and it only really comes into play uh, big time when you've got a conflict between water users or in a time of drought when you're cutting off junior, by the way, it's just the way it works, it's ministerial, cutting off junior water rights holders in favor of their seniors uh, under the first-in-time, first-in-right seniority rules, which most of the West um, lives by because we have such a wide range of hydrology. Sometimes it rains a lot and there's plenty of water for everyone. Other times there's not enough, and that's just the system that was implemented starting in the 19th century for how to allocate water in um, in, in shortage. We also spent a lot of time putting uh, our water quality standards, which include salinity and fisheries needs, uh, onto water rights permits as conditions. And so as we've hit the drought, there have just been a myriad of tough decisions to make uh, because meeting some of our standards that are set for even a critically dry year uh, for the spring would have caused the projects or junior water rights holders to have to spill a lot of our precious reservoir storage to meet standards and then not have enough left over for uh, public use for uh, maintaining what's known as salinity control in the delta, which is essential for the water being usable for human or ag use in the delta or for export, and for fish later in the year. So we, we've had all of these uh, very, uh, I would say, I would say the choices we've made have been terrible, but we've had a, an array of terrible choices to choose from in trying to balance how to restructure those needs to deal with not just a critically dry, but a kind of insanely dry year after multiple years and then a, a very hot year where we don't have our snowpack to cool the rivers and refill our reservoirs and streams. And so we, we're facing challenges that have never been seen in modern time when we've got millions more people 
uh, wanting the water, and we've got more endangered species, and uh, we actually, oddly enough, we have more agricultural production dependent on each drop of water precisely because agriculture has become so much more efficient in the past 20 years. And so uh, everybody's uh, feeling an awful lot of pain, and we um, get to be the lucky folks to be at the center of a fair amount of it. So we're just trying to do it with as much humanity and humility as we can muster. I know tough, tough decisions take a lot of uh, tough choices and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen any pushback, uh, especially in the agriculture world, because we've been hearing that even though they understand there's a water shortage, some of these uh, growers are actually in, increasing their business and, and trying to do more. Is that is there any organizations like that or anybody else that's sort of opposing? Well, I think we have an array of opposition. We also have an array of support. I, I, I would say that, you know, some days people think, for example, that we've not given anywhere near enough water to fish that are nearing extinction and we're playing it too close um, to the to the line there. There are other people who think we've given too much water to fish. There are others who think we've gotten it just right. So um, it's been really interesting. It, it's been less of a is so, is not, you're a jerk, no, I'm not level of discourse lately as people realize how serious the drought is and that we're all in it. It's more of a dialogue about where we should draw those lines. But to be sure, there are people at the extremes uh, in all arenas. And within agriculture, it's a very challenging and, and complex issue. You, you have as much contention between different agricultural users of water um, as you do between uh, farmers and fishermen or farmers and fish. So with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, it really varies. And there, and there are some farmers who are very well off because they have very senior water rights and they built stores and they're more comfortable, and you have people next door whose fields are fallowed. And so you do end up with a a whole range of big uh, feelings, and you've got um, folks in agriculture who've been taking a lot of uh, hits over the past two years who feel feel very strongly that their um, way of life is threatened. And, you know, we can understand that. Um, Sometimes they may think that we're giving too much to somebody else, to a different water user or to to fish. Other times they just wish they could have more. Other times you have farmers stepping up and doing very courageous things, taking voluntarily taking cuts so there can be more water to fish, as in the Sac Valley. So you've got the full range of feeling and the full range of um, of action. There's some drought angels out there, too. Right. Well, I think it's, you know, it, it comes down to trust, isn't it, that that mm-hmm. the people that are making the decisions have access to pro- probably more information than any one individual group, and yeah. the better the communication is, um, and the realization that hey, these people uh, are coming at it with humility and with uh, understanding that there are competing interests. So you know, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, is there any? Well, it's interesting. And the biggest criticism we get is from people who don't know us generally, because it's it's really a fine group of five, and the staff's pretty darn good too. Oh, that's great. Well. Um, Gosh, there's a lot more questions I'd love to ask you, but um, maybe we can ask you to come back at, at some future date. But I know you're very busy. Anytime. I know you know you got lots going on. But well, one, uh, one quickie question I got to ask: What's your thoughts on? I know just give me a short answer on the current water infrastructure within California. And, and are you guys doing any well, recommendations? Well, I think we need improvements all around. I mean, our water action plan. We've got to. We've got to. We can be far more efficient. We got to do conservation. We got to build recycling infrastructure, stormwater capture, green infrastructure storage of all kinds, above ground and below, 
uh, ground, uh, big and small. I mean, it, it, the, all the predictions in climate change suggest that it's going to be hotter, so more precipitation is going to fall as rain rather than snow. Snow is a third of our storage. Uh, we're going to lose it uh, in the next few decades. And so we've got to figure out how to use water more efficiently uh, and uh, store more of it when it does rain, get it underground. That's the only thing big enough to really make a difference, do some stuff above ground um, so that we can avoid the economic and social disruption that we know is coming if we don't act. So yeah. we've got to do it all. Yeah. Well, well we- I was just going to say, I, I just uh, someone – I think I saw a quote from you this, that, that said, all of the above. You know, we've got to approach exactly. the solution with all of the above. So, hey, I just want to say thank you once again for taking the time. I know you must be incredibly busy. And, you know, at least from the irrigation industry, um, I know, um, you know, we promote our products and, and, and landscapes. But, you know, we're taking the drought seriously and doing what we can to uh, do our part to reduce water water consumption. So hopefully we can do another month. I really appreciate it. I think it's really important the way the industry has stepped up. And I think, you know, we are also all in this together and it it, it calls on all of our creativity and ingenuity. I really appreciate you all stepping up the way you have. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to come on anytime. All right. Thank you so much. Continue to be a listener and you can even call in and ask us questions. We'll be glad to talk to you. All right. It's time for a break now. And uh, thanks again. We really appreciate your time. Great. All right. Let's take a little break and we'll be back in a minute or so. Welcome to AT&T. Hi, can you tell us more about rollover data? Yeah, what do we have to do? Not a thing. If you're a mobile share value customer, your unused plan data automatically rolls over for one month. It's our way of saying thanks. <gasps> that's so wonderful. You know, let's hug. Oh, that's okay. We don't have to. I think we do. Yeah, I think we do. Nice. Let's bring oh. it in. Oh. oh, wow. And we're hugging. All three of us. Really hugging. Ooh, it smells like bacon. Introducing AT&T Rollover Data. All mobile share value plans now come with rollover data on the network with the nation's strongest LTE signal. AT&T, mobilizing your world. AT&T reminds you to never text and drive. It can wait. Available only with AT&T mobile share value plans. Rollover data automatically expires after one month or with any plan change. Other restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash rollover data for details. Signal strength claim based only on average LTE signal strength for national carriers. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-643-9406. That's 1-800-643-9406. Again, 1-800-643-9406. Call now. For the record, hell, we are the record. KCAA, the Inland Talk Express. Back Californians to the Water Zone with Mike and Rob. I hope you're doing well. We have a, another special guest on, a gentleman named Brent Meekum. He's the Industry Development Director for the Irrigation Association. Brent, are you on the line? I am on the line. How are you, Rob? We're very good, and I have a very important question to ask you. Okay. Amongst many, what's special about this month? This is Smart Irrigation Month. Yay! <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody what Smart Irrigation Month's about? So this is an initiative that the Irrigation Association started 10 years ago. So this is our 10th year of uh, promoting the idea to help raise awareness uh, about the importance of managing our water resources correctly. And we know that July typically throughout most of the United States is the month where you have the highest demand for water for outdoor uses. 
and so that seems to be the the best time to try and get people to use water the most efficiently by paying attention to their irrigation system and how long they're running it and make sure that we're using water resources correctly. Well, I know that uh, this initiative has grown over the years, uh, Brent. Um, Toro, Hunter, Rainbird, Dig, a number of other companies that were just starting just to send out emails about Smart Irrigation Month now do fairly significant programs to really focus on the importance of managing outdoor water use. And the Irrigation Association, if I'm not mistaken, not only addresses uh, landscape irrigation, but ag irrigation as well, correct? That is correct. And uh, as you can imagine, that uh, July being a peak growing month throughout most of the United States, that's when the greatest demand on water resources uh, seems to take place. And so all the infrastructure and the ability of uh, ditch companies or municipalities to deliver water to farmers, is everything has to be working the very best it can during the month of July. And, uh, and for farmers, it's very critical that they can get the right amount of water on their crop at the right time so that they get the best yield. And in the landscaping world, and as you're experiencing in California, sometimes you might be able to reduce how much you're putting on uh, and still have the landscape looking, you know, acceptable. And then, of course, California, trying to manage with the drought, maybe the landscapes aren't really looking as good as we hope, but now the, the attempt is to let's keep them alive so that when water resources become available again, you know, the landscapes will, will be able to pick up and start growing. Absolutely, and in fact, uh, just uh, a little plug for www.toro.com backslash watersmart. That is a fairly new website that has information for homeowners to learn what they might be able to do in the month of July that is totally independent of purchasing any new equipment. It's about recognizing that we are watering more in July than any other month in the year, and that if we have a broken sprinkler or a missing nozzle or a loose fitting or a cracked fitting or heads below grade. Wrong programming on the controllers. Wrong programming on the controllers that um, we are wasting even more water during this uh, critical month. So good maintenance, turning on your sprinklers and walking through each zone and just looking. Is there plant interference? Is there um, a head that's been misadjusted and is throwing water out on the driveway or the street instead of the uh, lawn. Low head drainage. Low head drainage, yeah, if there's an elevation change in the landscape. So all that information is available on that website, and we encourage people to to visit that. But back to Smart Irrigation Month and the Irrigation Association. Okay. And um, so tell us some more about the IA. Those of us that are in the the irrigation industry, we know – what a valuable resource the IA is with respect to education, with respect to um, legislative information, providing key information to legislators at the federal level so they can make better decisions about water policy. But let me turn it over to you and share with uh, those of our listeners that wouldn't have never heard of the Irrigation Association, kind of the key things that the association does. Well, thank you. So the Irrigation Association has been around for actually a very long time, and it's a trade association. So for the listeners who may not understand what that is, this is really a membership organization of manufacturers, uh, designers, dealers, distributors. So these are companies who will belong to the Irrigation Association, including contractors. And so we have about 2,000 members uh, nationwide. And you know, that represents well over 100,000 people who are probably involved in the irrigation industry. And so basically we offer to our members training programs, certification programs. We do a lot of advocacy work. Uh, It's for both landscape and golf and agricultural interests. It's anybody who's really delivering water. And uh, our whole mission is three simple words. We promote efficient irrigation, and I'd like to be able to tell people that they can know my mission as well as I know it because it's not a very long or complicated uh, phrase, it, but it's the essence of what we're striving to do with uh, our members, and our members have been great over the years, such as Toro, 
Hunter, Rainbird, other companies with very unique and innovative ideas because they see the need for improved efficiency and they've taken it upon themselves to figure out how can we do a job better, how can we improve a nozzle, how can we improve a sprinkler. And uh, I think we've seen great strides in that. And, and your previous speaker, Felicia Marcus, you know, even mentioned the fact that irrigation in the agricultural sector has gotten so efficient over the last 20 years because of drip irrigation and other innovations. Uh, it, it's exciting that we can do more on the same amount of water or we can figure out how to use less water and still achieve the same result. Yeah. Well, I know you guys help to develop product standards for the industry, but you also do a lot of education. Maybe you can kind of touch base on what you do for contractors or anybody in the uh, irrigation world. So as, uh, since I've been involved with the Irrigation Association for a number of years, uh, previously I was a volunteer instructor, and so we have developed classes over the years for irrigation professionals specifically that touch on all kinds of subjects, whether it's agricultural or for landscapes. So they're very specific and very specialized, how to improve designs, how to improve installations, how to understand the hydraulics, and all of these things that go into designing an efficient irrigation system. And uh, so we've made that education available. We're now making it uh, available online. Um, these are technical classes, but we're even venturing now into a little bit uh, easier entry-level type of uh, information that can be delivered by the foreman of a company to his employees in the field because the guy in the field maybe doesn't fully appreciate how much impact he has on the efficient use of water, but once he understands why you put in the head properly and get it adjusted correctly and that there's the right operating pressure, that's what makes that an efficient irrigation system. And a, and a companion to the education is our certification program. So we do recognize people who are very professional at what they're doing, and we certify them as designers or auditors or water managers or contractors, uh, and they really have to know their stuff, and then they have the ability to prove it through uh, exams, and then uh, they are recognized. And it's not just a one-time effort on their part. They make a commitment as a professional to always be trained and continue to learn um, each year. And, and Brent, um, real quick, if I want to find one of these uh, certified IA contractors or designers, I can go to the IA website and find that, correct? Yes, you can. And so it's very searchable that you can do it by a zip code or area or for a specialty that you're looking at. But irrigation.org and then look for certified professionals. That's at the top of the uh, website. Uh, it will lead people to, people, to um, professionals who are very competent. And I think that's a key thing is that if you don't have the competency to use the great products that have been made, we sometimes fall a little bit short of what the potential is. And so that's our desire is to, you know, take great products and make them work correctly in the field. I like that you, I like that you say the word uh, efficient because a lot of people like to use the word conserve when they hear that from officials. It's sort of something like the government's coming to take over you where they use the word efficient. People start to listen a little more. Hey, just to let you know you're famous, you got a caller in who wants to, wants to ask you a question. Uh, okay. If you put him on, that's Steve from Temecula. I'm Murrieta, actually. Steve, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, welcome. What can we do for you? You know, um, I was hoping to maybe tap your guys' knowledge. I just joined the the uh, HOA board of directors here where I live, and, and um, we spend a ton of money on on water. And we had a meeting with a lot of the homeowners, and our approach was to, you know, let's say remove a bunch of the turf because we're at almost 200,000 square feet of landscape. 70% of it is turf. And the general consensus of the homeowners is that they pay their HOA dues and they want to see green landscapes. And so I was hoping you guys could uh, maybe sh uh, shed some light on some alternatives um, to help us reduce some water. Gosh, um, let me start off, and then Brent, please chime in. Um, okay. I'm going to say that first and foremost – uh, a thorough walkthrough of every zone 
on property needs to be done with a checklist on a clipboard so you can identify uh, heads below grade, crooked heads, uh, leaks. I've been on so many different uh, city uh, sites as well as HOA sites, and I've never been to a site where during a one-hour walkthrough I didn't find some broken heads or breaks in the in the lateral line, which means I had gurgling water in the lawn or uh, small geysers, uh, you know, back behind a bush, a lot of plant material that has overgrown and interfering with the distribution pattern of the sprinkler. So really the first and foremost thing I would recommend is this very thorough walkthrough and correcting the what maybe, for lack of a better word, is deferred maintenance. You know, for so long, water agencies charge so little, really, for water that it was cheaper to waste water than it was to hire a professional to fix the problems. But today, with the ad, uh, with many more water agencies using tiered rates or budget-based tiered rates that basically double, triple, even 10 times higher per unit prices as you use more and more water. So, yes, the cost of water is going up, but it's going up much faster than your overall usage of water because of the implementation of these tiered rates. Um, just to give you an example, Irvine Ranch Water District goes from $0.90 cents per unit to over $9 per unit at the top tier. So you can see that your bill can go up very, very quickly when you're gushing water uh, and you don't know about it. So that would be my recommendation. And, and, and also a thing that I find out when I go on audits, you know, all the big, I'm sure you have, since you have a large HOA, you have a, a, a reasonable size uh, maintenance company. And, and the way they keep their jobs is they try to make good curb appeal because that's important for people. They want the place to look nice. They pay, As you said, they pay their dues and everything else. And a lot of times it's the people who do the maintenance uh, they come in after the, uh, I'll use the term, irrigator from the maintenance company comes in and sets up the controller. And then as they come to do their normal maintenance, ah, oh, let's put a little more water here, let's do this. And they change the irrigation controller settings a lot. That's, that seems to be a big thing. Brent, what do you see? Uh, those are all great points. I think, to me, this is to be a team effort. This has to be the homeowners or the representatives from the homeowner association, the maintenance contractor, and even perhaps somebody from the water utility coming together and having a meeting and figuring out what are the expectations. And so the expectations right now are a little bit challenging in California because the expectation is you're going to use a lot less water, and it's significantly less that you will not probably have a lush green lawn. But if everybody contributes to, you know, helping solve the problem of uh, weathering the storm, so to speak, or weathering the drought... <laughs> This has to be, you know, a team effort. And so one of the things that I've often said is that, you know, water utilities are really expert at delivering the water, and they count on the people who use it to be really expert at using it correctly because they can't be out there managing the irrigation controller. They can offer resources, but they're not the ones actually doing it. So I think after doing the tune-up of the irrigation system and a thorough inspection, there probably has to be another step, and that is maybe to measure how efficiently is that water getting applied. And if you know how fast the water is being applied, you have the hopes then of programming the controller correctly. And the use of smart controllers, rain sensors, soil moisture sensors, all of these things can help improve the irrigation efficiency and still deliver a desired appeal to the landscape. Now, there may be some lot areas that actually maybe are so small or not very practical or useful, maybe they should be removed and replaced with other plant material. On the other hand, I've often noted that grass is perhaps the most resilient plant in the landscape, that if it doesn't get water, it tends to go dormant, and people will call it dead, but it's just doing a natural cycle of turning brown and waiting until there's water available again, and once it does get restored, it comes back. And that's the one luxury that I think turf offers that other plants just don't do, that they have to be maintained all the time with some water. So Californians have an opportunity that um, it's a 
balancing act between, you know, the expectation and the reality that there's just not enough water to live up to that right at this moment in time. I think that's a real good perspective in the sense that, uh, Steve, I would suggest that some information about the severity of the drought be shared with the HOA members uh, just to say the goal is to get through the drought period and then hopefully we'll have some benefits of uh, El Nino or some other uh, rain events this coming fall and we'll be able to get back to uh, not what we used to do but at least to a level where we can get that green uh, that green look back but short term uh, it's probably going to be a challenging to have the kind of lush green lawns that we've been used to here in Southern California Brent mentioned one other thing and that is your local water agency oftentimes they will provide a free audit to the property because they are very interested in cooperating with properties and sites that use a lot of water. They don't want to issue fines. They don't want to have a, um, you know, a fighting relationship with their, with their customers. They want to provide help. So that's a real good uh, thing to take advantage of is that free audit if they do provide it. And I think that idea of having a team approach with the water conservation manager from the uh, water agency your landscaper, your board president, maybe the landscape committee chair, uh, and, again, a plug for uh, Toro and Aerotrol, get in touch with us. Uh, remember at that www.toro.com uh, backslash Water smart. Water smart. That's right. I'm giving a brain. It's all, it's, it's, it's all new. Uh, but water smart. Yes. So send us an, uh, an email there so we can get in contact with you. We're happy to come out and help with that assessment as Who, well. Who's your water agency? Is it uh, Eastern or is it Rancho California Water? Yeah, out here we have uh, Eastern Municipal Water District. Okay, there's a gentleman that we know named Juan Zamora. Yeah, and you can contact him at Z A M O R A, and he's at Eastern, and they'll come out and do audits. He's an expert at that stuff. He does really, really well. They do not charge, and uh, you know, introduce him to the board. I mean, I think that's really important to get some, as Brent said, get some professionals out there. It's free. Take advantage of that, and uh, let them hear from the experts on on what's what, and that that should help you. The other thing you should think about doing is doing an analysis of water consumption. If you can get like three years worth of uh, water bills, let's see how much your water use has gone up. Again, your water bill has probably gone up because the cost of water has gone up, but the total water consumption might be a different thing. You might be surprised. So uh, that would be the last, the, the other thing to consider. Steve, I hope that helps you. And, uh, yeah. Okay. With that, we'll giving me a bunch of information here. This be great for our next board meeting. So, Excellent. Um, I thank you, guys. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Okay. Well, Brent, back, back to Brent. Let's ask Brent some more questions you for bet. a minute or so. You bet. Uh, so let's see, Brent. I wanted to ask you about specifically product uh, standards, product specifications. Can you share what the IA, how the IA is involved with that and the relationship with the uh, International Code Council and their efforts to codify sprinkler performance so you know that's uh, been seems like that's been uh, what i spend the majority of my time on uh, in the last few years is the development of codes and standards uh and part of that i think is a, an example of a, an industry that's really kind of maturing where we voluntarily start to say these are the standards these are the minimum requirements that we want quality products to have and so one of the very first initiatives was with the International Code Councils that uh, wanted to develop, and, and they recognized the fact that there was no standard for sprinklers or drip emitters that were used in the landscape. And so that was an initiative where all the major manufacturers were involved, the, uh, the uh, water providers, uh, academia, the industry, uh, even the EPA participated in trying to, you know, craft standards that says this is the minimum of how a product ought to perform and to give some guidance to the manufacturers. And I, and I think uh, the standard is very fair. I think all of our major manufacturers, you know, can comply with it uh, without making major changes to what they're doing. There's probably a little more information that's going to be provided in the packaging than we've had in the past. Um, but I think that's an example of, 
you know, what the industry is striving to do to show that, yes, we're very serious about the efficient irrigation, and we want our products to, to be really good that way. Um, along with that is the codes, and the codes is a little bit different than the standards. Standards are voluntary, and codes are mandatory, and people are familiar with electrical codes, plumbing codes, building codes, and all of that is starting to look at including the landscaping and the irrigation within the code that says we want um, landscapes that look good but use you know the minimum amount of water and a lot of emphasis is actually trying to move away from using potable water and use other alternate water sources to help take care of the landscape and I'll be one of the first to agree that plants don't need to have drinking water to survive it's just the way we have set up our uh, infrastructure is the most readily available and easy to obtain, but I think you're going to see new developments that will have uh, dual water systems, one for the indoor use, one for non-potable outdoor uses coming into being. They already exist where they can use reclaimed water and give water a second uh, opportunity or a third opportunity to be used. And so I'm very involved in helping craft, you know, what are the best practices to to be implemented, and then uh, as agencies adopt these codes and, and include them, you know, the industry, the professionals have to be aware of it, and they're certainly very capable of complying if somebody is actually saying, yes, this is what we want done. So uh, okay. it's, a, it's a kind of a shift in the, in the marketplace. Uh, I think it's being driven by the concept of sustainability, doing things more green, and uh, we are very much involved in that and want to be a part of the solution to uh, managing water resources. Great. Well, we appreciate that, Brent. And uh, I'd like to have you back on another show. Uh, we got to wrap it up here because we got like 45 seconds. So thank okay. you very much. And uh, for any listener, uh, please go to www.toro.com slash waterzone and enter into the contest to win a retrofit makeup. And uh, uh, think about water, save water, and uh, don't stop taking showers. You need to take showers. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Brent. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Like to spend a few days in another world? 